Welcome to the Illinois YPN Podcast, where members of the Illinois Realtors Young Professionals Network, or YPN, share their tips and resources for your real estate career. Our topic for this episode is on affordable housing and common obstacles home buyers face. I'm Dana Guernsey, Illinois Realtors Staff Liaison for our State YPN Advisory Board. This episode was recorded from a recent webinar Illinois YPN held this fall. Now more than ever is the time to educate, learn, and grow to make a positive impact when it comes to creating real equality and housing opportunities. All communities everywhere are affected by a need for affordable housing. So we asked a few of our Illinois Realtors and experts who are skilled at helping consumers, including minorities, veterans, and others in protected classes, to share their insights and resources to help you find fair and affordable housing solutions to better serve your home buyers. With that, we have a great episode ahead for you guys. Next up is Eddie Rudiger, the 2020 chair of Illinois YPN, who hosted the discussion. He is a realtor with Baird and Warner in Plainfield and also the 2021 president of his local board, Three Rivers Association of Realtors. So let's jump right into it. Good afternoon. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this important discussion today. Fairness is opportunity doing our part. Our celebrity moderator is none other than Tommy Choi, who was recently just installed as 2021 NAR Vice President of Association of Affairs. Congratulations. He is co-founder of Weinberg Choi Residential Team. Tommy also served as the 135th President of the Chicago Association of Realtors and the first Korean American president in the association's history. He is also past chair of the National Association of Realtors YPN Advisory Board. So at this time, I turn it over to none other than Tommy Choi. Eddie, thank you so much. Grateful for you and uh, appreciate uh, your friendship and your leadership. and. Uh, Really excited to see you continue to raise the bar uh, on Illinois YPN, which, you know, no surprise, that's one of my favorite uh, state committees that I've uh, served on. And today is actually officially my first day as vice president. So I'm going to try and not get fired and, uh, and lose, lose this gig and then, uh, you know, stick to the script here. But appreciate you, Eddie, and thank you to everyone that's tuning in and uh, joining us today, and, and maybe even those that are catching this on the, on the replay. <clears throat> uh, today's conversation is an important one that we need to continue to have. And, and, and when I think about uh, fairness, uh, that word fair, the first thing I think about, believe it or not, is baseball. One of my favorite sports to watch. Um, and I'm not talking about the Houston Astros, because there's nothing fair about what, they've, what, what, they, what they did in the past. But fair in general because of the standards that they have, right? In baseball, home plate is 17 inches wide. Whether you are a six-year-old playing little league baseball or you're a adult, grown adult playing in the, the major leagues, right? Like a team like the Chicago Cubs, the best baseball team in the world. It doesn't matter what age you are, home plate is 17 inches, right? And, and if you're a pitcher and you suck and you can't find the strike zone, there's no, changing for an 18, 19, 20 inch, a wider plate, you get sent down to minors to work on your craft and become better, 
right? Home plate is 17 inches. And, and why that I bring this up is because we know when we talk about affordability, fairness in our housing market and our industry, home plate hasn't been 17 inches wide for everyone. And conversations like today um, help us and educate us and continue to help grow to become uh, closer to that day where, where home plate can be 17 inches for everyone when it comes to housing needs. And that being said, I'm super grateful and honored to be here to be able to ha help facilitate a conversation with this powerhouse panel um, rock stars here in our industry. So I'm going to go around and introduce everyone. First and foremost, Dion Clifton, realtor from Urbana, Illinois. Hey, Dion. Uh, Tracy Royal out of Chicago, who's a past chair of the Affordable Housing Committee. And she was the most recent Presidential Medallion Award winner uh, from the Illinois Realtors this past September. Flex on them, Tracy. Love it. I got, I, when I go up, I want to be Tracy Royal. Uh, and then uh, another Chicagoan, Rachel Sheed, a 2020 YPN board member and member of the Affordable Housing Committee, and also a leader, not just in the industry, but for her company as well. And last, of course, not least, Athena Williams, who's the executive director of the Oak Park Housing Center. Ladies, welcome. I want to start this off and ask you all quickly, I'll start with Dion. How are you doing right now? Everything good? Tell us what's going on in your world. Hey, I'm doing fantastic. I'm really um, choosing to remain thankful. 2020 has presented us all with very interesting challenges, but the real estate industry specifically here in Illinois has been fantastic. People are um, definitely displaying a need for our services, which I think is amazing and a blessing. I always joke that all this time at home has made people realize they need a place to put their kids. So it's been really good for the industry. Um, and we are all still working really hard and working together. And I'm really inspired by just people in our industry and how well we've been working together and how supportive everyone's been through this. I love that. And, and if anyone is looking, I have three daughters I'm looking to unload on, um, especially today. They haven't been really great listeners, but uh, neither have I, so it's okay. Athena, how are you? How is doing, everything in your world? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, so as the executive director of a housing center, a HUD-approved housing center, we're seeing a lot of shifts, um, such as Deanne just stated. We're seeing a lot of people that want to become homeowners. That's great. That's great. Rachel, talk to me. How are I you doing? am uh, staying grateful for the health and safety of me and my family and Echoing uh, Dion and Athena, it's it's a super busy time here in Illinois. Um, as our uh, CEO of Illinois Realtor said, we have been an essential business this entire year, which has kept all of our Realtor colleagues busy. Um, I do a lot of coaching uh, for the agents in my office, so that has been keeping me extremely busy, but I am very grateful and excited uh, to see all of our Realtor's businesses grow. Love that. And Tracy, I was hoping you'd be in your greenhouse, but it's a little little chilly outside for that, right? Yeah, it's a little windy and I don't want to get blown away to eyes. So in the house, I'll be for the rest of the day. But uh, things are great. I am, I've been busy. I, I agree with everyone else here that have spoken about times, you know, it's challenging times, it's new spaces, but I always look at an opportunity. 
times like this is a way to be creative, uh, room to make or create opportunities and just another way of being thankful and grateful and not taking it for granted the smaller things in life. So family's doing well, everyone's well, and I can't hope for anything more than that. Love it. Love it. All four of you have that mindset of abundance and, uh, and looking through that lens of gratitude, which I can appreciate and love. So we have the next like 25-ish minutes to really dive into this. And so how I want to really lead this conversation or well, allow you all to lead the conversation is um, chunking this com conversation to, into three different buckets here. First, I'd love to just start off and talk about the challenges when we talk about uh, affordable housing and fairness and whatnot, and then shift that into resources that are available um, to help bridge that gap. And then end with the educational piece, right? Our realtor family, our community, and even to our clients and the consumers out there, how do we spread the word and extend that reach? So I wanna start off with you, Tracy. Let, when, we th when we talk about a wider access of home ownership, right? What, what are our biggest hurdles right now that, that you feel that we face? I think, I think right now, some of the biggest hurdles is, of course, you know, we have this notion of we're in the season of low inventory. There are not enough houses to go around for buyers, which inadvertently puts our consumers into multiple offer situations. We're in highest and best. And that is just a, a, a bucket of disappointment all by itself. But what we need to do is be more intentional and more strategic about um, giving access, uh, giving our clients access to funding. Um, the average buyer right now, they, they struggle with down payment. And I don't think that a person should not have to or be afforded the opportunity to at least try to become a homeowner because they can't afford it. So I think one of the biggest challenges is that we have to first find out and, and be more knowledgeable as realtors on what programs are available. And then we need to be more intentional and strategic about being uh, uh, marketing that information to our consumers we need to be more intentional about building our relationships with our, the, the folks who actually generate this money. Mm -hmm. We need to strengthen those relationships so that it's sort of a partnership. Um, and we're all working collectively together to increase home ownership abroad. Love that. Deanne, how about you? What, what are you seeing in your market as far as, as um, you know, challenges when it comes to you know, really widening the funnel when it comes to access of becoming a homeowner? Yeah, so I'm going to just kind of double down on what Tracy said. Definitely down payment. Um, Freddie Mac did a study and indicated that 49% of renters think down payment is the main reason why they're not homeowners. And something like maybe 30% of um, homeowners don't want to buy another house for the same reason. So that's definitely a hurdle. Um, for me, something that I've become passionate about recently is student loan debt. Um, I have student loan debt. A lot of my clients have student loan debt. And the way Fannie and Freddie have structured um, the way lenders calculate student loan payments towards debt to income ratios has really become a big barrier for a lot of people who do have student loan debt. And this is problematic because um, Black students are over 50% more likely to hold student loan debt or to hold um, more student loan debt. So this is creating more barriers for a specific class that we consider protected. Um, 
So that's something that I'm really interested in and in seeing how we can make sure that the student loan debt is not creating an implicit bias so that um, home ownership is something that is attainable for everyone. Um, that's a really great point. And I, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I, I do think that is true uh, when, it, when it comes to that, that implicit bias, uh, especially for, for anyone that is coming out of college or even a master's program or whatnot. Um, Rachel, how I'm going to ask this question, but differently to you, because, um, you know, uh, sifting it down a little bit more, another protective class, I know that you have a lot of experience with the military when it comes to veterans, you know, where do you see hurdles with homeownership for veterans? Sure. So I've worked with uh, VA rep, which is the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals. Uh, for quite some time now, uh, they're a national organization that really works to educate veterans on their home ownership and home affordability options. One of the biggest hurdles I see in veteran home ownership is just the lack of education around what the VA home loan product is and how to best utilize that benefit. What we often see among the veterans is this uh, very humble attitude, which I respect immensely, but a lot of times that means they don't lead with the fact that they're veterans. And up until recently, loan officers weren't required to ask them, are you a veteran? Can I help you facilitate a VA home loan? And so a lot of veterans didn't realize that that was something they could take advantage of. In conjunction with that, a lot of times what we see is our fellow realtors don't understand what that VA loan product is. So there's a lot of bias that comes into play as a listing agent when you receive an offer that is 100% financed and how you present that to your seller when you have multiple offers and maybe one's putting 20% down and one is a VA putting 0% down. And so one of the things that I work really hard on and I know um, the panelists on here work hard on as well is making sure that our fellow realtors understand how best to explain those loan products to their sellers and their buyers to make sure that you don't have implicit bias on the table when you're presenting those offers to your clients. You know, I, I love that you brought that up. And, and before I ask um, the same question to you, Athena, because I'd love to see your side um, and, and uh, perspective from it. You know, that, Rachel, you bring up a good point. And I want to ask um, you, Tracy and Dion, you know, there is, you know, this stigma when it does come to VA loans or even FHA loans, right? Especially in competitive situations, right? Where this, it's, it's something that is going to be a hurdle for the seller to get over. And it's, it's you know, there's, there's this just stigma that's out there. How, what do we do? How do we do this as realtors outside of the educational piece to really bridge that gap and get over that so that, you know, we can really level um, level set that the playing field here when it comes to um, that and especially in uh, competitive situations. Tracy, any thoughts? Yeah, I think it I think really a lot of it is just education, not only education from a standpoint of of consumers being educated about the product, but us as realtors, we, again, to Rachel's point, we have to be able to educate a seller, maybe educate a seller prior to them listing their property. Hey, here are some of the things that you can do to prepare so that you can be fair across the board and say, hey, 
these are the specific pool of buyers that are going to come to the table once we list. We don't want to ward anyone out. We want to give everyone a fair opportunity. And here is a way we can do that by preparing a seller to maybe correct some of those things that do become an issue uh, in terms of the appraisal. So I, I have to stick with education. You know, consumers don't know what they don't know, and they rely on us as the experts to tell, to teach, to guide, and make recommendations. I love that. And you nailed it on the head, right? Consumers rely on us as the realtor, right? The advisor. Yes. So the solution, right? We can be the roadblock or we can be the gate that opens that up uh, to really bridge that. So Athena, I'd love to ask you the same question. Challenges you see on your side when it comes to um, affordability and, and, and home ownership access. So um, some of those challenges include, and I have to piggyback on what Tracy and um, Rachel and Dion mentioned, is the lack of education. But again, it's not just the lack of education on behalf of the consumer, it's the lack of education on, I'm just gonna say it, all of our industry partners. Mm -hmm. So we're all in this, this industry of real estate together. And um, when I say lack of education, and then sometimes it's not even lack of education, it's a lack of sensitivity because someone just put in the chat box about removing certain choices from the MLS. And I have to attest to that because we'll have clients that come in and they'll come in with a listing because when we sit down with them, we go through everything about affordability. And so a lot of times we need to have an idea of what particular community they wanna look at. And they'll have a listing that says, well, no FHA loans or no VA loans. So in our world, because we do a lot of fair housing education, that's just as bad as saying no Section 8 voucher or um, no mother with four children when you specify. So to me, that's a challenge because it seems like whoever is in control of how that MLS is created needs to address some of those particular issues. And I actually recently had a conversation with Tracy, uh, so I'm, I'll just share. So I finally decided to purchase a home. I've been buying two flats, multiple unit properties, but due to COVID, you know, my daughter came home, <laughs> my mother moved in. So I said, I need just like a single level space. And, you know, I finally went, went through the process myself and going through that process, I found a lot of quirks that really needs to be handled differently from the, not so much the seller, not so much the buyer, not even the realtor, just in the industry period. Because even though we teach our, our buyers that they should get a home inspection, well, to me, I pay for three home inspections. It looks like me, the home inspector, should be working with the developer <laughs> to figure out what they should or should not do when they rehab their property. You know, so it, there's a lot of challenges that need to be addressed. And, um, you know, I'll be working with Tracy and hopefully Rachel and anyone else that's in the Chicago market so that as a team, we can work together as industry partners and industry professionals. I love that. And, and I appreciate you keeping it real because that's what this is about. You know, we want to be transparent and have that real um, conversation. And hopefully people, some people are, are squirming and feeling uncomfortable because we know that that's the growth kicking in. Um, Athena, I want to keep it with you now. Um, and, and I want to talk about, especially with, with, you know, the recent election that just happened a couple weeks ago, um, get your perspective when it comes to the future for HUD's newest rule, right? The preserving community and neighborhood choice. And then we talk about um, 
Biden and Harris's stand on reinstating the affirmatively uh, furthering fair housing um, piece of it and just get your thoughts. So I'm glad you asked. So Oak Park Regional Housing Center is a 48 year old um, nonprofit agency that was built on the foundation of affirmatively furthering fair housing before it was even a phrase. And we did that because of the fact, let me clear something. I'm, I wasn't here 48 years ago when they did that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it was done in a way to help Oak Park to become that welcoming community in an effort to help other people understand that they have options for housing. Okay. So make it welcoming, help people come in. And what that did, it, it actually helped the community improve its, um, its market value because many people know that Oak Park is one of the most integrated communities in the nation. When you Google integrated community, you get Oak Park and it was our agency that helped that process. So with that being said, the fact that the new administration has reinstated that, it helps us now be able to, particularly with the new, um, well not, I shouldn't say new, but particularly with the expansion of the Black Lives Matter movement, it helps us now to be able to go out and help others understand that you have multiple choices for housing. You don't have to be locked into one particular community, particularly communities that have been dis divested, you know, disinvested in. Mm -hmm. So you have options and it helps um, agencies like ours that actually promote and support fair housing, help consumers understand the law, help consumers understand their options and help them know that they have multiple expanded options. So I'm happy that it was reinstated and I look forward to really pushing the needle in the communities that our agency serves when it comes to fair housing. Love that. Well, you know what? Let's make this the Athena show right now. <laughs> you, you, you talk about resources. Can, can you just dive a little bit deeper and what the resources that are available for homeowners? Sure. So the first resource that all homeowners, and I'm going to stress all because I'm on a mission to try to make that happen. So 2021, Tracy and Rachel and Dion, we're going to try to make it happen. All home buyers should really go to a HUD approved, and I'm going to say HUD approved again, HUD approved housing counseling agency prior to actually even looking at a house. When they get the first notion that they even think they want to become a homeowner, we like for people to come into a HUD approved housing counseling agency. So I want to say in early 1960s, HUD actually set up the housing counseling program due to the fact of redlining, okay? And it was also due to the fact of um, the redlining, the discrimination that was taking place, um, the laws that were not being followed. You know, there were people that were signing um, land contracts and they were being, right, they were being taken advantage of. So that's why the HUD approved housing counseling agencies were developed and what we do we sit down with the home buyer and we literally take them through a financial assessment first to really see how much they can afford with their finances. And we then we take them through a mortgage readiness assessment to see how much mortgage they can afford to pay and then still have residual income. And then after that, we literally um, vet them with multiple realtors, multiple lenders, um, multiple inspectors to make sure that they go through the entire home buying education process um, thoroughly. We take them through that education piece. It's a, it's a six to eight hour class either at one time or multiple two hour classes where they have an opportunity 
to meet with those industry professionals so that they can learn firsthand what's expected of them. And so that's the greatest resources when you work with a HUD approved counseling agency because we offer all of the products. When we talk about down payment assistance, my staff is charged to know all the down payment assistance programs out there. So if someone walks in, after we run their credit and we run their credit with a soft credit pool, we're able to figure out and, and match them with the down payment assistance that works for their profile. So to me, there's only one resource that HUD approved housing counseling agency, but once the buyer comes into that agency, they learn everything they need to know about home ownership. Even, because I know what your next question is, Mr. Choi, <laughs> even when it comes to foreclosure. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So you heard it here first, right? We're going we're gonna to listen to Athena and take her advice. Everyone start with the HUD counseling agency. Yes. Right. Let's do that. And, and go ahead, Athena. I didn't well, because I was going to say, you know, I know I stressed my realtor out when I was looking for a house. So I can imagine and I understand now what you all go through. So I apologize for all of the home buyers and what you go through. But I know we love our jobs and we love helping people. So that's why we do what we do. But as housing counselors and HUD approved agencies, our job is to try to make that just a little bit easier for you. So imagine if they come into the office with us first before they even come to you, they have a little better sense of what, what their project or what their purpose is in their home buying journey. See, now you, you understand why all good realtors have a therapist, Athena, right? <laughs> right. You need someone to mentally unload and become come right once again. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to direct this one to Tracy, but it's open to everyone. Um, when we talk about, uh, these resources, right. Do you feel there's particular areas, you know, counties, cities where these resources are, are, are more impactful and helpful or needed in? Absolutely. I think, I think first off, we should start looking at our underserved communities. I can't tell you how many times I get clients who, want to stay in the community that they grew up that they grew up in they still have family and relatives they are very vested in the community but they feel for some reason that they can't afford it and i know after talking and working with athena that there are programs specifically to design to encourage home ownership in blighted areas in underserved areas per census zip code or what have you but if they don't know about it the first notion is that they have to move far away or they, they have to disrupt their entire lives. So it, it, it's been incumbent upon me to, again, really vet and be strategic about the relationships that I build with my lenders and not just say, hey, I'm going to send you three lenders and then have at it. I make sure that I vet them myself and I ask them deep dive questions. What type of programs do you have? How do they function? What is the credit? What are the requirements? So that it's a partnership. Yep. It's a partnership. We all know that if, if we don't have thriving communities, businesses, commercial, our commercial industry doesn't thrive. If someone wants to maybe jump in and speak to how uh, beneficial we have commercial, uh, the commercial side of our industry that helps to strengthen communities when, when people buy homes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a collective effort. You know, since you said it, I, don't, I, I wanna, I wanna you know, merge a little bit and then come back to it. The commercial piece, Rachel, is there anything you want to add to that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think thanks uh, for teeing me up there, Tracy. Um, but, you know, I think when we talk about affordable housing, we also have to remember that a large part of that is accessibility. Accessibility to grocery stores, libraries, banking institutions, healthcare centers, hardware, restaurants, clothing stores, all of that. People want and need to live in communities where their needs and necessities can be met. That's commercial real estate. And often we as realtors, and a lot of us are residential realtors, myself included, kind of sometimes forget that that's a huge part of it. And I think this year more than ever, we're seeing how important commercial real estate is to our communities. Um, in Chicago, we're seeing it in a lot of different reasons, not just because of COVID. So we would be remiss on this panel if we did not also highlight the importance of ensuring fair and equitable assessments of taxes and property values in the commercial landscape. There needs to be more opportunities for minority business ownership and small business ownership to not only come in to our communities at affordable rates, but also to thrive there. And to Tracy's point, I think the best people in those communities are the ones that live there, they wanna stay there, they wanna see their own communities thrive. And so creating those opportunities for the people in those communities already is huge for that. I um, did a little research and if you guys go on to the state of Illinois uh, website, there are some resources there, especially for Illinois um, enterprise zones, which are specifically designed to stimulate economic growth in neighborhoods um, where there's economically depressed areas in the states. So if you have clients out there who are commercially driven for smaller businesses or are trying to start those up, that's a great resource to start. But then to Tracy's point and kind of Tommy to help you pivot back to the conversation, blighted areas and economically depressed areas are in so much need of affordable housing, but so are our communities that are having extreme booms in um, building, because that's where we see a lot of our uh, current residents feeling as though they have to move out because they can no longer afford to stay there. And we see that especially in the Chicago market. And I'm sure uh, my fellow Illinoisans on this call see that in a lot of your other communities. And that's where Athena and those HUD approved counseling agencies can really come in handy to help your clients figure out a way to stay in those communities and not feel as though they're being priced out and forced to move sometimes 30, 40, 50 you know, minutes away from a place that they call home. I agree and I'm glad you, you brought that up because uh, especially the, the commercial piece, right? Because you know, uh, a growing, thriving community um, with healthy home ownership rates going up have to go hand in hand with commercial corridors, right? They, they, they have to be uh, a marriage together in order for, for that to continue uh, to go. So Dion, same question to you uh, in your market, you know, are there, are there gaps where you feel that these resources are definitely um, you know, more impactful? Yeah, so we um, have enterprise zones. Actually, the city of Urbana has a really great program to um, for new builds, they're trying to encourage people to build in certain areas. So if you build in Urbana, they give you a 40% property tax um, discount over the course of five years, which is really great for encouraging people who may have been thinking about building in other communities to come and build in Urbana. But it also allows a lot of people to get into um, a little bit higher price point um, because it does take a lot of the tax burden off of them for some time. So I definitely think there are communities that um, 
benefit for making home ownership more affordable, but I also think it's really important that we do remember that um, affordability is something that affects and impacts everyone. It does, it's not just low income. Studies have shown that this is something that is affecting people at every income level. So it's really an issue that, yes, while it's going to probably be most impactful for people of certain income in certain areas, it is something that is impacting people across the board. Love that. Thank you. So we're getting near uh, the, the end of our time here. So I, I want to start transitioning now into um, to reach. And, and the first one I want to go to is Athena. When we talk about, you know, everything that um, you're doing, your organization's doing on the affordable housing side, for realtors that are listening and watching, especially ones maybe even, um, you know, closer to Oak Park, but in general, what can we do to get involved um, to, to support um, affordable housing? And how can our organizations use their help the most? Well, so there are multiple ways to get involved. So on the local level, of course, you know, I'm going to say partner with your local HUD approved agency, find out, um, you know, what type of initiatives they're running, what type of assistance they need, maybe even come together to collectively create some type of advocacy to see some type of change. So Tracy and I speak regularly, and we're also in the process of setting up some different um, tools in place to work with our partner realtors. Um, if it's on the um, county level or the state level or even the national level, there's groups such as the National Low-Income Housing Association that you can always get the newsletter, find out what they're working on. They always need people to help advocate on the national level. Um, let's go back down to the state level. There's a lot of lobbying that needs to take place with different um, elected officials as far as things that need to take, you know, that needs to happen in that arena. So there's many things that the partners can do, but again, I'm going to say always start with your HUD approved agency to find out what initiatives they're working on and what needs going, what needs, you know, the things that are needed. Love that. How about, um, let's talk about it from the realtor side right now. And, and, um, you know, Dion, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, obviously, uh, what we do, right, on a day to day is ultimately marketing our properties, right, to, to help find buyers or, or sellers or properties to our match our buyers. What do you feel uh, is the best marketing strategy for realtors uh, to implement the resources um, that we discussed today into business plan strategies and whatnot? Well, I love this question because I um, teach marketing at the university, sales and marketing at the University of Illinois. So one of the things I always tell my students is consumers are really savvy. So you're not going to really be able to be impactful with messaging. That is not something that you really believe in. It needs to be a part of something that's your core value. So realtors should be having um, a recommitment to affordability. If this is something that um, we recognize is important, we need to commit ourselves to it in a real way and it needs to be a part of our core values. And then that messaging will be um, genuine. And just like we you know, can market anything else, just like uh, fair housing is a part of our, it's really ingrained in how we advertise the messaging that we put out. Affordability should, be do, should do the same thing. We should be doing the same thing with affordability. Once we um, really recommit ourselves to this idea of affordable housing and its importance for the growth and prosperity of our communities, I think we'll start to see that those messages are apparent in, um, 
our marketing to. Tracy, how about um, social media? Can we leverage social media into spreading the word? Absolutely. I'm glad this question came to me. I mean, it's no longer enough to just post how many showings we did today or uh, who wants to go shopping for a home or how many offers we wrote or how many closings and we all take the picture. That's, that's, that's not going to cut it right now. Like Dion said, consumers are very savvy. They have access to a plethora of information related to housing. We have to go deeper and we have to show our value by one, educating ourselves. And that comes in with Athena's point to partnering with our HUD counseling agency. So we are sort of that direct connect to the information. Again, building those relationships on a stronger level with our lender partners so that we work hand in hand and then just fine tune what we're already doing. If, if I'm gonna post about showings, I need to put somewhere in that content about affordability, what it means, what does it mean to you as a consumer? And, and this is what I can offer or not necessarily what I can offer, but these are the things that are available to you and people will pick out what, what best suits their needs. But again, we need to continue doing what we're doing, just fine tune it a little bit and go a little deeper. Love that. You heard it here. Tracy said it. Posting about your closings, your new listings, that doesn't cut it anymore, right? Let's go deeper. Let's have more substance to our content and, and really educate each other and our consumers. Rachel, you get the final word here. What else, what else uh, can we do best practices from uh, a marketing standpoint when it comes to this? To really echo Dion and Tracy, I think a big part of what's gonna set us all apart in our individual businesses and in our industry is to be very purposeful in what we're putting out there into the world and to our client and consumer bases. I'm a big proponent of leading my life and my career with a why, and I really believe all of you should as well. And as realtors, a big part of that why is about driving affordable and fair housing um, and making sure that everyone and anyone knows about that. And so like Dion said and Tracy said, you've got to believe it um, if you're going to be posting about it, but it is so important. Our value is not to open a door and tour people through a property. Our value as realtors is so much more and we have a fiduciary duty to our clients to really explain the process and make sure they're aware of all of the different avenues afforded to them. And Athena and her work with HUD and helping home ownership, getting into the home is just the first step, but knowing how to be a homeowner is another large step. And Athena and all of the HUD counseling agencies, they can help with that as well. You should never assume your clients need it and you should never assume they don't need it. So offering everybody the same is going to be so, so key in this. So Putting that out on social media is key, including it in your marketing collateral, in your buyer presentations, in your listing presentations. That is also so, so important. Am I the only one that's ready to run through a brick wall right now? Because that, you just, man, love that. Exclamation point by Rachel. But I'm just so grateful for all, for you for taking your time out of your day to really educate us, lift us all up. And everyone that's watching this right now and watching it on the replay, those of you that are in here, if you found value in this, right, I want you to type a letter R and drop an R in the chat and just make it rain R's because that's who we are, right? Fairness is opportunity. I'm going to ask Eddie to come back. Um, any other final thoughts from the panelists? Well, I'd like to be a personal testimony to how what we're talking about, how it really works. Athena and I have been working and building this relationship 
authentically for what now, three years, Athena? It's been a while. <laughs> and chairing the Affordable Housing Committee, it just pulled it all full circle for me. Um, I built the relationship first and chairing the committee, I learned so much more. And so now it's just a part of my business model that Athena is, is part of the Tracy Royal Realtor family. And uh, we go hand in hand and she is an excellent resource. Even when I have questions for my, my uh potential homeowners, my current homeowners, and my homeowners who at sometimes they run into a few pitfalls and they need to have some direction. It's just a breath of fresh air to know that I have that resource in my realtor toolkit. So thank Illinois Real thank you, Illinois Realtors, for the opportunity. Thank you, Athena, for allowing me into your community. Um, it's just been an, an, an awesome, awesome experience. Love that. And thank you, ladies, once again for um, donating your time today to uh, pour into all of us and all the Illinois realtors that are watching right now. Um, one thing I wanna plug before I give this back, the mic back to uh, Eddie, is that um, when we talk about fair housing, um, yesterday it was very exciting. And, and any of you that were part of um, NAR's annual conference that was virtual this past uh, week, um, know that Fairhaven, a new simulation when it comes to training um, for fair housing launched yesterday. And it's super exciting. Um, it's an innovative online simulation training where agents work against the clock to sell homes in a fictional town called Fairhaven. And they're confronted with discrimination in the home buying process. Learners the goal was, and I think it's been achieved, to walk in the shoes of the home buyers facing discrimination. And this training provides customized feedback that learners can apply to their daily business interactions. When this first was presented, you know, this idea of gamifying fair housing, I was very skeptical at first. And then I ran the beta and I was blown away. Uh, the situations are real. They're real from realtor members across the country sharing them. Um, and the opportunity to learn and grow is there. And so uh, we have a video that I wanna invite uh, Brian Green from the National Association of Realtors, who's a director of Fair Housing Policy to uh, share a little bit more about Fairhaven. Hi, I'm Brian Green. I'm the director of Fair Housing Policy at NAR. Uh, I'm traveling on the, the 909 to Fairhaven uh, or the one after that. Huh? No, not New Haven. Fairhaven, although, although Fairhaven is new. Uh, Fairhaven is NAR's new interactive simulation. Um, it uses the immersive power of storytelling to teach powerful lessons. Um, in Fairhaven, learners have to race against the clock to close four deals. And uh, as they work through these different scenarios, they'll confront bias in themselves, in clients, uh, and in other real estate professionals. Learners in Fairhaven have to make choices and those choices determine their progress uh, through the story. Along the way, they, they get feedback um, about how to incorporate fair housing into their daily business. It's, it's really a new and uh, innovative approach to fair housing training. And we're pretty excited about it at NAR. It has been more than 50 years since America passed the Fair Housing Act, but we have far more work to do to eliminate discrimination in real estate. Welcome to Fairhaven, a new fair housing learning experience from NAR. 
Fairhaven simulated scenarios will challenge you to confront bias in yourself, in clients, and in other real estate professionals. After your trip to Fairhaven, you'll see the world differently and you'll be better prepared to tackle discrimination in real estate. Fairhaven, the next stop on your fair housing journey. Well, Fairhaven looks really exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to using that platform to educate myself even more when it comes to fair housing. At this time, it looks like it's right around two o'clock and I know some of us have a jam-packed schedule for today. So I wanna wrap this up with a huge thank you to Tommy, Dion, Tracy, Rachel, and Athena for joining us. We can't thank you enough for coming to us virtually to deliver this great information and share the resources that you guys have. As we close out, uh, just a couple of last notes. I mentioned in the beginning, this event was recorded. So watch out for those opportunities to share it to your fellow uh, Realtor family and connect on Facebook with us also at Illinois YPN, as well as on Instagram at Illinois Realtors. There are many great resources that are always being shared on those channels regularly. So you want to definitely keep an eye on that. And with that being said, I want to thank one and all for particip participating today. And I thank you for joining in. This concludes our webinar and I hope you all have an outstanding day. And with that is the wrap. Thank you for tuning in.